Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an inquisitive episode of The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. And here's your host, Alan Mosley. That, that, that was particularly energetic on your part, by the way. Hey, man, I'm trying, you know. I'm, no. I'm, I'm trying to, just trying to get myself no, some I liked it. Today. It was good. Yeah. Guys, welcome back for another episode of The Gold Standard. I am your host, Alan Mosley. We are coming to you from beautiful Osborne Studio and Sound in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm joined, as always, by the greatest producer of a podcast in, uh, we'll say, the <laughs> Western Hemisphere. The, but we're in the East. No, we're in the West. Oh, that's right. We're in the Eastern Holy part of the United moly. States. Holy moly. I'm a blind. <laughs> Will you cut me some slack already? Wait, no, we're Back actually, yeah, we're coming to you from from Russia. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah we're Russian bots. Yeah, Ruskies. Yeah. They don't, are. don't, no, no, don't, spare well, not, the people, okay. spare the people no. your, okay, fine. Okay, yeah. British accent, I guess. And... <sighs> Guys, you can follow us on social media. Which is Facebook.com slash TGS Alan Mosley. Twitter is at Alan M. Mosley, but you don't have to do any of that. You can just go to our website, which is the goldstandardpodcast.com. That's right. Also consider supporting the show by becoming a member of our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TGS Alan Mosley. Yeah. And as always, at the beginning of the show, we'd like to highlight a few of our friends. We're going to start off with The Other 3%, which you can find on Facebook, which is at The Other Number 3%. Um, I was looking for something, just by the way, sorry, Pat, I was looking for something to, uh, you know, like a funny thing to highlight, but the thing that was at the top of their page was, on this date in 1992, U.S. Marshal Larry Cooper shot 14-year-old Samuel Weaver in the back and killed him. The next day, FBI sniper Lon Horiuchi shot and wounded Samuel's father, Randy, also in the back, then shot Samuel mother's, Samuel's mother, Vicky, in the head and killed her while she was holding her 10-month-old baby. Hashtag remember Ruby Ridge. That's not like well, I was they just hoping. Went all dark, all yeah, of a sudden. I, I, just, I know. All the like, joy just left us. Like I felt like it was worthwhile to mention that because that's not what today's episode Thank is you. about. But it is the anniversary of Ruby Ridge. But for the love of God, yeah. Uh, all right. Wow. So next week we're gonna find something funny yeah. from the other three percent. But but that's okay though because the other three percent gives you musings and news. And satire and memes and, and history and everything that you could possibly want. So check them out at the other three percent. Also, our friends Nick and Matt over at the Status Quo. You can find them at thestatusquo.net. Their most recent article here is about the real story of the Philly shootout. Um, that I bet that's going to be a good one. Uh, also, by the way, I just I, I had read somewhere it was funny that it, it may have been Nick and Matt that wrote this. That the only reason that's a story is because this is an instance where one of the instead of it being a random unarmed black man that was gunned down by police, this was actually one that returned fire, and all of a sudden it's a big it's a big drama. How how about that? Yeah. And finally, our friends over at Liberty Memes uh, on August 23rd are going to be doing like an old-fashioned Ron Paul money bomb of sorts. They're going to be doing a Patreon money bomb for their Patreon uh, for Liberty Memes. Now, Liberty Memes has raised, I think it's something like half a million dollars. It's probably more than that for various causes, individuals in need. It, it really shows putting your money where your mouth is in yeah. terms of the community taking care of itself and not needing a government handout. And so all they're that, doing a little money bomb being kicked off of Facebook. Yeah. And That's so, amazing. so I, I had told, I had told dad, man, I was going to do this. So you can see right there. Show, show it, Blake. Okay. Show it. Boom. Just sent a crap ton of invites. Nice. Uh, people go over here and support the event. It's join Liberty memes on Patreon money bomb style, uh, which I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and pull that up really quick. 
It's patreon.com slash liberty memes if you're looking for it so that you can donate that day. So their big money bomb date is August 23rd. So that's uh, that's this Friday. Wow. So this Friday, this Friday, go over to their time. Patreon. Um, I think you can join for just 350. So they, they only need about 350. You can join for just that small of an amount, and that small of an amount is going to make all the difference in the world for some some people, some family in need. So do that. Yeah. So do that. Just do, do it. it. Just it's just that easy. Just do it. So do do like what we say. You go in there and you click the button and you type in nine 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 nine, and then you put in your card information. You click in. It's just that easy. Just do it. And get declined. Shh. I mean, I mean, us poor plebs like you and me would get declined, of course. That's why we need them to send the yeah. 9999 to us so that we can then send it, send it on to the next person. That's right. It's actually, so see, it's actually the fixed pie fallacy. It's the same 999999, yeah. and we just keep rotating it around. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. ever change. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. So we have a fun episode in store today. We're going to be doing a Q&A. Oh, cool. We're going to be doing a Q&A. We, we asked, uh, asked our viewers to submit some questions, and we got like, Way too many, way too many. This is actually, this is, this is the. That's a, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I've got that's a ridiculous awesome. amount of index cards here of questions to answer. Very encouraging. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to start the Q&A right after this break. Hey, did you see the uh, playoff games last weekend? Oh, you're into the sports ball game. Sports ball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. Sportsballpodcast.com. Sportsball is not a libertarian sports show. It's a sports show done by a couple of libertarians. For when you need your bread and circuses. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. Email us at tgsallenmosley at gmail.com. Ooh, we, we got so many to go through, Blake. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I, I know, I know of, for a fact at least one of these is directed at you. Oh, God. So just, so just be prepared. <laughs> in fact, if you, if you want to chime in on any of these, you can. But we're, I, I'll try. But we're, we're going to be... We're going to be going pretty quick. I don't have the intellect. Do you, by the way, I just, want to, I just want to go ahead and kill some time, even though we have tons of work to do. Do, <laughs> do you like how every single time we're in a hurry, I announce to the, to the viewers at home that we're in a hurry, and then I kill like another five or ten minutes? Yeah. Okay. That's just, just deceptive all the way around. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just a thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. a thing. So our first question comes from Trisha Stewart. Trisha Stewart asks, is ice water a soup? No, ice water is not a soup. That is and not by a the soup. way... Don't bring that weak crap into my house. <laughs> I have the authority on these types of things. Okay, so so here's the thing, though. But if you took ice water and you mixed in, like, some frozen fruit, then it is a soup yes, because sir. the ice water is the broth and the frozen fruit is, is you know, That's the right. So, so if you're going to ask that question, you better bring your A game, you know. Okay, uh, follow-up question. What if you drink it with a spoon? Okay, so the ice water is still just a beverage, That's right. and the utensils that you use don't change the article itself. Yeah. So if you like, if you have a drink and you drink it with a straw, for instance, that doesn't make the drink in any way different. So right. the utensils are irrelevant. It's the food item that matters. So ice water is not a soup mixed with frozen fruit. It is a soup. The spoon is irrelevant. Even if it was ice water with fruit and then it was therefore soup and then you ate it with your bare hands, it would still be soup. That's right. So the utensils are relevant. So there we go. There There's go. one. 
Uh, Anna K. Gilbreth asks, isn't that nice? Yeah. Anna K. Anna K. asked me a couple of questions. Uh, what is your favorite food? Now, Anna K. actually knows what my favorite food is. I think she's just was trying to think of questions for people to hear. She's trying to humanize you. you yeah. <laughs> Ain't that a damn shame? <laughs> what is your favorite food? Okay. So, I mean, as you can tell, I like to eat, um, it's, there's so many different foods I like. It's like favorites of different subgenres of foods. <laughs> but if I had to pick just one thing to eat, it would be chicken fajita nachos. Those are awesome. Chicken fajita nachos. That's awesome on a um, lot of Follow-up question. What is your favorite ride at Disney World? See, she's just trying to gaslight us so that we'll go back to Disney World. That's there what, you go. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that all the time. Um, So I would... I. I I would say that the best overall ride is the rock and roller coaster, but I do like the Tower of Terror. So okay, so 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 you happen to be a uh, Disney Hollywood Studios fan. I guess is okay. that what that means? Yeah, those are both in Hollywood Studios. Okay. Have you been to any other parks? I mean, I've been to all of them. Good. But... Okay. And so, out of all the parks in Disney, you pick those two. I mean, my girlfriend is Anna Kay, so I've been to every park in Disney. Like, okay, I, yeah. I get that, but you yeah. pick those two. Yeah, Terrifying. well, I mean, it, I mean, most okay. So most of Disney World is for kids, right? Like oh, it's big just, kids. You no, know, like Disney kids. World sucks for adults. If you want to go to a real park, you would go like Universal Studios is better for adults than because it has more hardcore well, yeah. rides. The only really big time rides at Disney World are Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. Terror Space of Terror Mountain is, is okay, but Space Mountain hurts your back so bad and your mind. Yeah. So so there Jeez. you go. So there's there's there that. You go. James Silver asks, should ship manufacturing be brought back to the States? Now, I'd actually looked up a couple of things about this. And, of course, China and South Korea and Japan far and away lead the world in manufacturing of shipping vessels. Uh, ironically enough, Vietnam makes the top five. It's really? very interesting. Yeah, v- Vietnam is, is so I fifth. Thought the, I thought the Scandinavians were like known for building awesome like cruise ships and stuff. You're thinking Vikings. No, no, I'm not no, 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 no. So no, so they used to be not anymore. Not since yeah, okay. you know the Reformation. So anyway, <laughs> um, the sh- the short answer is should be brought back to the states. No, nothing that. So this this is comparative advantage, right? This is an economic thing where if other countries are going to specialize in building shipping vessels and they can do it at a lower cost and it's cheaper for us to just use or buy the vessels than to produce them, then that's what we should do because right. we're going to have comparative advantage of the things that we can produce in the states better or more cheaply efficiently than they can. Like chicken fajita and, tacos. And so I mean that's what the global economy is all about. Right. So no, you shouldn't you shouldn't actually incur a greater cost in order to just manage to build a, get a couple of thousand jobs here in the states for some people to build ships it's this is this is this is trump nonsense worked all over that yeah. if you know if you're going to if you're going to have a tariff which is just a tax on your own people or if you're going to have some outrageous subsidy to some group in the states so that they can you know if you're going to have GE build air conditioners and the government's going to subsidize GE to have a thousand people build air conditioners but the cost of that means that like per job you're spending like a quarter million dollars, then it wasn't worth it. No. You could have, you could have. There was a better allocation of those resources. So, so if if ship manufacturing makes economic sense, then there's no bringing it back to it. There will be someone here that will invest in the capital goods, and they'll do it. If it doesn't make sense, they won't. So there you go. Suzanne Sherman, all our friends, Suzanne Sherman of the Wasatch Report over on Cerberus Radio Network, which will soon be featuring the Gold Standard, by the way. 
awesome. So that's why we've cleaned up our language for people at home that are wondering. <laughs> yeah. Alan doesn't drop as many F-bombs as he used to. It's because we're trying to be a more wholesome, you know, wider accepted show, GD it. So watch your language. Suzanne Sherman asks, in the case of murder, is restitution enough? Who decides? If it is being determined by the victim's family, how do you separate emotion? What about the most horrific offenders? Okay, so she's, t so she's touching at something we've talked about before, which is I don't really believe in, in punishment. Like, like the justice system in our country is really the punishment system um, rather than making victims whole. Now, yeah. of course, obviously, we believe that there's no victim, no crime. So if it's a victimless crime, such as a, an individual consuming a product, say a marijuana, then, then there shouldn't be any punishment or restitution at all. There's no victim that's not a crime. But she's talking about serious crimes like like murder. rape, murder, something like that. So yeah. she's specifically at interest murder. And that's a particularly tough one because if I steal $1,000 from you and the restitution is I have to pay back the $1,000, say, plus 10% for your trouble, then it's, it's a very clear, you know, A to B. Right. Whereas... If you kill someone, you can't bring that person back to life. So what is restitution? Indentured servitude. <laughs> you need to make sure that you're switching the camera to yourself when you say those things so that people don't think that I'm saying the things that you're I, saying. I, I didn't say indentured servitude. Okay. Oh, you didn't say that. Okay, very good. So what I would say is is that obviously this is a complex question. I think my short answer in in this little lightning Q&A that we're doing is, uh, is restitution enough? Um, I'm going to say restitution. Well, first of all, what's enough? Like what's it, restitution is enough. So obviously you can never bring back the person. However, um, it's, it still doesn't change the fact that locking that person in a cage forever, which means they can't do anything productive, which means that the family theoretically doesn't get anything other than the knowledge that the accused is in jail. That's all they get is that form of justice. That That's not any type of restitution at all. That's still that's still zero, in my opinion. Right. So, so I'm still not about that. So in this case, obviously, whatever the restitution is would have to be very high. Now, I'm not, I'm not all about creating a whole bureaucracy whose job it is is to oversee indentured servitude, as someone else <laughs> suggested. But I would say that obviously the price would be very high. Maybe, maybe they would be. It's one of those things that reminds me of Milton Friedman, because some people were arguing with him. They were saying, how can you be so heartless that he was talking about uh, recalls? He's talking about, you know, Ford being... Uh, you know, fined or, or prosecuted over like Pintos or, or faulty tires because Ford has had a couple of those examples over the decades. And, and he would say that, well, you have to come up with, a, with a, a financial cost and that's the restitution from Ford to the family of someone who died in a car crash mm -hmm. as a result of their faulty Pintos. And people were railing at him and they were saying, well, how can you be so hard? How can you assign a dollar amount to a person's life? And he said, well, I mean, what's the alternative, right? Like, it's it's not a matter of being heartless. It's it's a matter of every everyone has a price. And, and I don't mean that to say that, that human life can so easily be defined. But it's true. It really is. Because if I were to say to you that every human life was a trillion dollars, you would balk at that. You would. You would say that that's not true because let's say, for instance, you know, some scaffolding falls down off of a city, you know, uh, off of a city building and it crushes a few people. Well, obviously, the city is not going to be on the dole for $3 trillion to those three different families 
because the city, I mean, because the city has no money, right? That would only right. be taxpayers. And right. taxpayers can't be on the dole for $3 trillion of some random people in an accident. So, so let's, let's just call a spade a spade. Yes, there is going to be a dollar amount that would have to be negotiated. Is that, is that dark? Yes, it is. But it's still true. And so, so I would be in favor of the murderer if found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Of, of, of being on some type of restitution to that family. And it, and it, might, and it may very well be for, for the entire length of his life to be paying on it. Um, but again, that's still a better alternative. As, as dark and, as, and she said for the most horrific offenders. So I would include like rape, vi- any type of violence in, in that. It's as, as dismissive as that may sound to some people, to me that is still a better alternative than just locking them in a cage. And if they, and if they were going to be removed from society or exiled or banished, they would still have to somehow be held accountable for recompense to the family, right? Like you can't yeah. just say get out of town because then they're basically getting away with it. They just go to another town. So right. I'm, I'm sure Suzanne's going to be like, have a lot more to say about that. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Nick and Matt from the status quo. So the state, our friends from the status quo That's that right. we talked about in the very awesome. beginning of the show. Uh, question one, what two normal things become really weird if done back to back? Hmm. Do you have an answer, Blake? <clears throat> what two normal things become weird if you do them back to back? Well, my first thought had something to do with dishes, but, uh, I can't think of anything weird that goes back. Dishes and bathing. Take, or doing those at the same time would be a bit weird. Um, I know that some people would say like morning routine stuff. Like if you brush your teeth and then drink orange juice, that's, Dude. that would be weird. Yeah. Cause then what's the point of brushing your teeth? Cause then like you just brushed your teeth and then you just drank something. So now you have to brush teeth again. Yeah, exactly. If you're that deadly um, hygienic. I, if I would say that's, that's probably the most politically correct answer I can give. I can think of some dirty <laughs> answers, but I, I don't think we should say those. So I'll answer those online, the dirty ones. Um, (laughs) Did you walk to school or carry your lunch? I never walked to school. Um, I mean, I'm I'm from the South. Everything's miles away from each other. We drive everywhere. I did. Um, Do you carry your – I did carry my lunch for a time. I did do that. Um, In my elementary school, the, the lunch there was really good. But I was a, you know, I was a stupid kid and a picky eater, so I brought what I wanted from home. Hey, you're the kind of guy that likes like, like, are are you the kind of guy that, that eats like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then like demands to have the crust removed? No, no, good. What's wrong with you? I don't know. You just kind of strike me as the kind of dude now, that would like a strip. I will sandwich. say this though, you know, when I was a kid and I brought my lunch, I would bring like you know chips or candy and like you know I'd have like a Mountain Dew or something poured into my little canister. Wow. Like they don't let you do that anymore. No, you know, now you got to be all approved. <laughs> go to go to heck. They don't let you bring sugar um, in school now. <laughs> last question: nine millimeter or forty-five ACP? <laughs> oh. uh, nine. All right. Really. Yes, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It has higher velocity. So anyway, um, Blake right, Osborne whatever. asks. Oh God! <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> what is the worst reason to call nine one one? The worst reason to call nine one one is because you smell one of your neighbors has weed. That is the worst reason to call nine one one. If you call nine one one on someone because you think you smell or see drugs, you're basically hoping that person gets executed by the police. So screw you. You know what? Never call the cops. No. In fact, 
an episode of this show not two weeks ago. The title of it was "Never Call the Cops." So this is this is a dumb question. How hey. dare you? How dare you? Hey, how dare you? Look, man, I got into a deep discussion with my kids about that. The how other day. dare you? So Fine. the serious answer is if don't if call you the cops. if you smell weed, don't call the cops. <clears throat> um, a more joking answer would be, what was that one lady where she thought some people were grilling out at the park without a permit or something, so she called the cops? Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Well, I was thinking about more like, you know, if you're drunk and you call 911 asking for directions, and it's, it's not very smart. Well, yeah, but they'll just come kill your dog. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Stephen Rose, all our friends Stephen Rose from the Anarcho-Christian Podcast. Stephen Rose asks, do you think there will be a federal-slash-national red flag law? Eventually, yes. Absolutely. Um, I don't think it'll be soon, and it won't necessarily be right now with the current hubbub, but the the state only ever always marches towards deteriorating your rights, so eventually, yes. And, dude, it's going to be really, 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 really complicated. And uh, everybody's going to bend over and take it, too. There's oh, no yeah. great awakening coming. Um, number two, what is the worst band-slash-musician that you love? Now, my, my immediate answer was is that there's no such thing as a worst because I have the greatest taste in music, and so all the music <laughs> I like is great. My real answer is Weezer. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, what what about awesome. you? What's what's the worst band slash musician that you love, Blake? Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. That guy's awesome. I don't care who you are. It's awesome, but you acknowledge that but he's the worst. As far as musicianship, okay. though, the dude okay. knows he's terrible, but that's what makes him great. Oh, here's one for you. How oh, many no. llamas does Blake have? <laughs> llamas does llamas. Blake have? You just have one, right? Correct. You have a guardian llama. What's I what's have... the gar- what's the llama's name? Layla. Layla, Layla, mm-hmm. the guardian. So it's a female llama, and she mm-hmm. and she sees over the whole herd. Sort of. She's okay at it. Now I I have the to say better, I've but... seen Layla. She uh-huh. did. She did look at me. Yeah. She gave me a glare. She's tall, isn't she? Yeah. Well, yeah. She's <laughs> definitely like eight tall. Feet tall. I can't say that she seemed overly aggressive for a guardian llama, but she most certainly gave me the evil eye. Yeah. Yeah. The so. evil eyes about all those llamas are good for. <laughs> <laughs> so okay well there you go only one llama but eight alpacas i think people get alpacas and llamas confused so yeah well it's just because the alpacas have emo hair right definitely there you go okay They're rocking it west fraley our friend west fraley asks if you had to have one of the current democrat candidates as president for the next eight years who would it be and why um tulsi gabbard yeah, because i there's there's no reason that because a, a candidate says something anti-war that they actually would be but she, hell she's the only one even talking about it so tulsi gabbard uh steven steven rose again yeah. steven rose asked us like nine questions <laughs> steven rose asks will there be another ron paul if you meet so first of all there'll never be another ron paul if so in literal terms there literally won't no. be another ron paul if you mean figuratively in the sense of a standard bearer who's working within the system and, and raises awareness and all that. Um, maybe, but it's debatable whether or not that's really a good thing. Uh, I'm afraid that you, you have someone like a Ron Paul and a bunch of people come around, but those people aren't genuine. Like they don't understand the principles. They're just anti-establishment. They'll, they'll be Bernie people tomorrow. Um, so that's actually a complicated question. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say a soft no. Uh, is Pluto a planet? Yes, it is a planet because yeah. the public education system told me so when I was there. So it's <laughs> so it's a planet. Wait, are you sure? 
So number three, why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? Who's we? What's the most radical conspiracy theory that you think could be true? Um, it, so I, w I would say one or the other, either just false flags as a whole, like stuff in Syria or, or in any false flag you can think of. Just in general, do, do I think that the government is capable of perpetrating their own ills in order to, you know, create the justification for action? Yes, I, they're totally capable of doing that. Um, secondary is uh, the JFK assassination. I'm not saying that I necessarily have a particular answer. I'm just saying that the, there's more to the story and we're never going to know it because they're not in the, they're not in the you know, game of telling us what's going on. <laughs> so, all right, this, so this is a long one. So Celeste Annis asks, how do you personally balance agorism with going to battle over licenses slash permits? I live in New York State. They don't want me to be able to protect myself, drive a car, sell pies, etc. to a voluntary party without their permission. Fundamentally, I don't need it, and they have no permission to give in the first place. But I'd be in a heap of trouble if I were caught doing any of those things unlicensed. A heap of trouble, by the way. Heap. I don't know. How much is a heap of trouble compared to... So more than you can move in a one trip. How much trouble was Jeffrey Epstein in? Was that a heap or was that a different category? That was a heap. That, okay. Oh, so the, oh, so that's a lot of that trouble. Was actually about, <laughs> that was about twenty six point five heaps. Okay. So so my answer, Celeste, is, um, I mean, obviously, it's easy to tell people pick your battles, blah blah blah. The short answer is, you should do everything you can get away with. And I, and I mean that very literally. You should do everything you can get away with. So if you know you can get away, and I mean you know you can get away with something, you should do it. If you can, if you can engage in voluntary activity with other people who are of a like mind as yourself so that the entire process can be self-contained and not be traceable by the feds, then you should, absolutely, you should do it. However, you should not take risks that you're not 100% comfortable with. Um, we don't need martyrs, and I'm, I'm all for, you know, pragmatism. Like, look, there's, I, I've said it a million times, there's no great awakening coming. Uh, no one's going to stand up and fight for you when they throw you in a dark cell somewhere. When they ship you off to Guantanamo because you were selling pies around your neighborhood without a license, no one's going to step up and defend you. They're going to watch you go. Um, so don't, so be careful, please. Um, I'm, not, I'm not about picking battles that you can't win. I'm, I, I like winning, and you can't win against them. Uh, Michael Clark asks, uh, so this is Mike of Mike's Minute. Mm -hmm. What are your steps for arguing against any given war? Okay, so any particular war, what are your steps for arguing? So I would say you can, you can I mean, obviously you can break it down into like the libertarian philosophical things that we talk about on the show. But, you know, that doesn't really work for... If you're talking to some random guy on the street who doesn't even... has no idea what libertarianism is, that, that argument doesn't work, right? No. So, I would say... So let's, let's, so, let's look at it for a second from a more, like, practical standpoint. It's like, okay, you know, War X, they're drumming up... The, they're, they're drumming the war drums for War X against Country X over here. Um, how, do you, how do you go against it? I, I would ask some, some basic questions. Like, okay, so who are we going to be fighting? Let's say we're going to be, oh, we're going to go fight Iran. They're evil. Okay, why are we fighting them? I, I don't, I don't want to hear a, they live differently than us, and they look different, 
and somebody said an angry word. I know I want to know specifically the casus belli, right? Like I want to know the exact reasons, the justification for going to war. I want to know what they did to instigate violence, not rhetoric, not trade, violence. Um, that, that, I mean, that alone shuts down a lot of the nonsense coming out of Washington because the justifications just simply aren't there. Um, the next question would be like, okay, if you have all that, then, okay, who's going to fight this war? Like, are we, are we alone? Are, so we're going to fight this war. So like our kids are going to fight this war. Um, what's the goal? Is the goal that country X no longer exists? Their territory is broken up into regional, you know, provinces and it's divvied up amongst its neighbors? Is the goal that they give up a nuclear weapons program or they give up control of this harbor or, you know, what's the goal? Again, I want, I want, I want a very specific answer. If you go to war with this country, how will you know when you've won the war? That's, that's a, I mean, that's a question question I don't think we have an answer for, for any of the engagements we're in right now. There's, there's no answer. It's just, it's, it's, it's war until you feel safe. You got to draw a line in the sand and say, when you finally cross that line, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then finally, because that, that right there is going to bring up a lot of confusing questions for people. And then, the fi- and then another question I would ask is, is that if we don't go to war, what's going to happen? Because I'm, I'm willing to bet that, well, if, if, you know, let's say Joe Bob over here runs his, his dictatorship and he's been running his dictatorship for 30 years and we haven't gone to war with him for any of those 30 years and here we are living normal, happy lives. Why do we have to go to war with Joe Bob's dictatorship today? If we don't go to war with Joe Bob's dictatorship, what's going to happen? If, if the worst answer is Joe Bob continues to be a dictator, well, it's none of our business. Right. And I mean, if, if it has no effect on our immediate lives, then, you know, it's, it's, it's not, there's a lot of injustice in this world. We can't go to war with everybody. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the final question would be the cost. What, not just what you think the cost is, I think a more important question is, is what are you willing the cost to be? I yeah, think that's an interesting life. question. How much are you willing the cost to be in order to still go to war? Are you willing to spend a billion dollars, $50 billion, $100 billion, $500 billion, a trillion dollars, $2 trillion, $3 trillion? We're like $22 trillion in debt as a nation. Are, how, what, what cost is too great and therefore the war just does not make practical sense? I think that's an interesting question. I think most yeah. people aren't willing to. I think it's hard for people to put dollars and cents on things and, and life as well. Like, okay, if I told you that we had to lose 50,000 soldiers, is it worth it? Is it worth overthrowing Joe Bob halfway around the world if 50,000 people have to die? Like your neighbors, do, do they need to die for this to happen? If you're not willing to see them die for this to happen, maybe we shouldn't be at war. Good so there point. you go. What? I said good point. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I measure it by kids. Am I willing to put my kids on the front line or not? Well, you know, if people were to do that, then all of a sudden, almost no war makes any That's sense. Right. Although there's some there's some conservatives out there that actually are proud when their kids go off to war and they're tying their ribbons on their trees. Screw those people. Yeah. Um, Wes Fraley asked. Somehow, Wes got some more questions in here. Wes asked, "Does it concern you that a large percentage of mainstream media is blatantly biased? What about social media and search engine companies? Does it concern me? Of course it does. But they're private companies." Um, yep. I didn't read the second question. What was the second question on there? I don't Shoot. know. 
It's over there on the floor. He's had enough questions. Sorry, sorry, Wes. We love him. It's all good. Um, yeah, it was probably. <laughs> oh no, I I think I remember what it was. It was. Uh, am I concerned about Democratic candidates giving away free health care to un, undocumented citizens? Um, both both candidates from both major parties are only ever in the business of sell of of a what what's the making quote? It's an advance auction on stolen goods. So they're all the same. Uh, Jim Bovard, Jim Bovard, the great yeah. investigative journalist, our good friend, Jim Bovard asks, "What the hell's wrong with you, boy?" Um, I do a podcast geared towards libertarians. That's <laughs> that's what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> How are we doing on how are we doing on time? Oh, uh, we're about thirty two minutes in okay. this bad boy. <laughs> ben White asks, who will build the roads? Uh, taxes, of course. I mean <laughs> Clay Davis asks Oh, our friend Clay working for the Tenth yeah. Amendment Center. Clay Davis asks. Clearly, voting for perceived anti war candidates is not the answer to ending US aggression. How do we stop the wars, Alan? Oh, it's, it's such a simple question. Alan, how do we stop the wars? Take your um, kid, look okay. at him, say, are you willing to put this man in harm's way? If you're willing to put your son in harm's way, then that war means it's a bad thing yeah, but, coming. Okay, but that was the answer to the previous question. Yes, that answer right. means nothing to this okay, question. Because you didn't stop a war at all. You're just talking no. philosophical nonsense and the government's not listening. That's he true. Asked, so the serious question, how do we stop the wars? Um, you can't vote to stop the wars. Your voting doesn't work. Yeah. You can't spend yourself rich. You can't vote yourself free. So how do you stop the wars? I think I think the best possible chance you're going to have, and it's not a good one, but I think the best possible chance you're going to have of stopping the foreign interventions of, of the American empire is convincing people to not enlist. You yeah. so and, and, and we've said this on the program before. If if you're a veteran and you look back with disgust at your time in the military, you feel like um, the causes were betrayed. You feel like you did things you're not proud of. You think that the military had no business being being in place X and doing Y things. Then it, then your your restitution, because that's what we're about. Your restitution is to go talk to the young people today that are looking for an easy out to get from 18 to 22 or whatever, and tell them do not enlist. If people don't enlist and they can't fill the seats then it's much more likely that things will be at least more modest. I mean, at the at, you know, look, they can build drone bombs till kingdom come, but at the very least, we can keep our young men and women out of it. So, as long as they don't decide to draft everyone. Well, it, no, that, that see, now that's slavery. Now, yeah. if they if they actually attempted to institute conscription, then you then you are justified to kill everyone that comes to try to take your kids. Good um, call. Number two, are we headed towards secession? Is it viable? Why or why not? No, we're not heading towards secession because if you if you get out of the echo chamber of the seventeen libertarians on Earth, as I like to say, no no one wants to secede, dude. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to break away, it would be your neighbors that would shoot you in the back. They wouldn't even have to stop you. Mm -hmm. um, is it viable? It probably is viable, but it's a moot point because the state is not, they're, they're not about giving up power. They're about taking all the liberties they can. They're not about giving them back. And, and so that would be the why or why not. Um, I, think, I think it would be a great idea. I think, I think if, if it were a real option that could be considered without bloodshed, and that being the key one right there, I think if people were, if, if regions or towns or municipalities were able to secede peacefully, then that would be a wonderful thing. And then people could vote with their feet where they would want to go, what places um, are run in such a way that most lines up with their uh, principles. 
Um, but I don't, I don't see that, that that's how we're heading right now. It would take an, an enormous shift in public opinion away from the nanny state to, like I said, I'm, I'm way more concerned that it would be your own neighbors who would prevent you from doing something like that because they are so tied up in this whole nationalistic nonsense. Uh, so MH asks, should we have a gold standard? Um, who's we? <laughs> yeah. Mike Meharry asks, if you could wave, uh, by the way, just by the way, MH, um, so this show is the gold standard with Alan Mosley. We've never talked about the gold standard on the gold standard and Alan Mosley, and we never will. That's right. Uh, Mike Meharry asks, our, our good friend Mike Meharry, co-host of Sports Ball, host of Godarchy with Mike Meharry, uh, and National Communications 10th Amendment Center. I should have had people that I knew like record their questions and say them. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. That, that sounds like really a lot cool. of work, though. Next time we do this, I tell you what, guys, way. we can do work like that and make the show cooler. If you subscribe to us at our Patreon, go ahead and put it. Go, go ahead, pull it up on the screen. Our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/tgsl. There you go. So anyway, Mike Meharry <laughs> asks. If you could wave a wand and completely privatized one predominantly government function, what would it be? Education. Yeah. So I, I, I actually talked to a few people about this one. A few people gave some different answers. I think they're all great answers. I think if you could wave a wand and privatize anything, it'd be great. Um, my pick far and away is education. I think so. This is this is the point I would make. If the feds knew you had that wand, but they couldn't prevent you from, like, they couldn't just drone you and prevent you from waving it, they would lobby against you picking education. And the main, in my opinion, they would want you to pick education the least, because in a generation or two, they might lose the long con if they weren't controlling your kids for 13 years. There you go. Um, so, so education. There you go. Uh, we're going to do one more, and then we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, because we've got a lightning round. Dave Benner asks, oh, I don't know how Dave's got to the bottom of the stack, but Dave's is a good one. Dave Benner asks, does legislation to audit anti-libertarian institutions like the Federal Reserve actually serve to provide sanction to the legitimacy of said institutions since it does not seek to abolish them outright? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give an answer that Dave probably won't find sufficient, but it's the answer I'm going to give. So... Does legislation to, to audit, so like the Federal Reserve, actually serve to provide sanction to the legitimacy of said institutions? So th our, the powers that be don't care what the legitimacy is. They're going to do what they want. They don't care if I think something's legitimate. They don't care if, if the people, public at large thinks it's legitimate. They're going to do what they want to do. So its legitimacy basically is not in question because they're going to do what they want. If anything's legitimacy was ever in question, lots of things would be declared unconstitutional tomorrow. Guess what? They're not because the Constitution's a joke. Uh, Spooner all the way. I think Dave's going to be coming on pretty soon to talk about Lysander Spooner, by the way. Um, so to, to me, the legitimacy thing is moot. Um, but with that said, uh, since it does not seek to abolish them outright. My, so my, I know you're not supposed to answer a question with a question, but my, 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 my counter would be, so what's the point of audit, auditing the Federal Reserve? Or what's the point of any bill to evaluate any program or institution that may or may not be legitimate or constitutional. So, uh, and, and, I, and I think that's an important question. So what's the point? Like, why even bother? Are we auditing, so are we auditing the Federal Reserve because we think that they're up to no good, that we think that they're doing things that they're not supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. are, we, are we rolling the cameras into Fort Knox because we think the gold isn't there? Like, why, why bother? And, and, and the reason I ask is, is because 
if it, let's say, for instance, audits happen, let's say investigations are done, and lots of corruption, lots of malfeasance, whatever, is found, then what? What's yeah. the point? What are you going to do? So, so obviously, if the IRS audits you and it finds that you have done a bunch of wrong things, you've been hiding income, you've been not paying your taxes or whatever, then, then there's going to be consequences, right? Like you're going to be fined slash murdered. Um, what will the consequences of these bills be? And, and so obviously I, I don't have that in front of me, but I think that's an interesting part of the legislation. It's not good enough to pass a bill that says, oh, we're going to perform an audit. There needs to be consequences in the bill that if we perform the audit and we find X, Y, and Z discrepancies, then there has to be consequences up to and including abolishing that institution. So to me, there's, there's really no point in the legislation at all if the legislation is not going to be backed with teeth, right? So there you go. Um, we've got one more and it's actually a series of questions. So we're going we're gonna to do one quick lightning round after our final break. Have you ever been talking politics with a friend and told, if you don't like it here, you should just move to Somalia? Well, ladies and gentlemen, from the sandy beaches of Mogadishu, Sherry and I bring you Postcards from Somalia, one of the newer products of Little L Productions, where we take on all of the fallacies of the people who say, if you don't like it, you can just get out. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. Email us at tgsallenmosley at gmail.com. So last one, Lightning I had round. posted late last night as I was getting ready for bed that, hey, thanks for all the questions, you guys. If we get any really, really good ones, we'll throw them in the stack at the last second. Otherwise, off to bed. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I get like if, like 8 million questions from Mary Lynn Wilimowski, who is part of the team along with David of the Wilimowskis of Liberty Late Night. So make sure to check out Liberty Late Night. They do that Friday nights, um, I think, at 8 Central. It might be 7. I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to check on that. Liberty Late Night, they're in the Liberty Means Community Group. Check them out. They're really cool people. I love the Wilimowskis. Uh, I was on their show a few weeks back. They're very fun. Uh, we're going to have to have them on our show. I hope they have me back. I think I scared them. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But we're we're... So Mary gave me like a million questions. I've got six of them right here. So this is going to be the Liberty Late Night Lightning Round. Here we go. On the gold standard with Alan. All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite color? Blue. Number two, drunk driving. You see someone obviously impaired. What do you do? Uh, never call the cops. Um, <laughs> If you, because you don't know what the impairment is, maybe it is drunk yeah. driving, but I, I, I balk questions that say things like obviously impaired. What if they're having a medical emergency? Right. Because goodness knows that in this, the, this has happened before. Someone's in a car, they have a stroke, the police come up and blow them away. Never call the cops. Uh, number three, if you were president, what would you do first? What would you do second? Um, first, I would, I would order. I'm, I'm the commander in chief. The one thing I can do without congressional approval, I can I can order all the troops home. I would I would call an immediate end to all of the um, all of the violence overseas. I would be bringing everyone home. I'd be be bringing the fleets home from distant seas. I'd be doing all that. So what I would be doing second is a do dodging the assassin's bullet that would be coming to kill me because I did that to the military industrial complex. Um, or just die. So the first thing I would do is call the troops. And the second thing I would do is be assassinated. Um, 
Wow. Number four, have you watched The Goonies? Yes, but like a million years ago. Favorite movie. What is your favorite movie? That That's your favorite movie? It's in my top five. It's in your top five? Okay. It is in my top the, five. The, the second part is, what is your favorite movie? Blank, what's your favorite movie? <sighs> the Color Purple, probably directly followed by The Goonies. Huh. Those are two very different movies, by they the way. They are. That's that's I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's a very interesting. So okay, so I'm a I'm a huge movie buff. Um it's hard for me it's it's easier for me to pick like favorite movies within genres than mm-hmm. just favorite movies. Yeah. Like I have a ton of favorite movies. Um for lack of any other answer, I'm just going to say The Godfather. Nice. Um number 5. What is the first thing you do when you wake up? Okay, so me and Anna Kay uh, get up at different times in the morning. She goes to work before me. So the first thing I do when I get up is text her to see how her day is going. Tell her I love her. Good job. Uh, thank you. Uh, is it, see, this is, this is getting that whole humanizing me thing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, okay, last question. Last question. How many have we done? This is like know, 50. Okay, last question. <laughs> what made you stop caring about the liberty movement? Okay. So, I so to saying what made you stop caring about the liberty movement is the same thing as saying what made you stop caring about Santa Claus. They don't exist. There's no. There's no. There's no it's not about me caring about the liberty movement. It's not. It's not a matter of me caring because I I very much care about the principles and the study and 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 the and the great wealth of information and the and the books and all of the things that go into it. I very much believe in it. I live by those principles. There is no liberty movement. There's no such thing. Um, people, I, I'm over that. I'm, and, and, and this is something I know that that's that Jeff Deist, president of the Mises Institute, believes in. I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I mean he's been on this show before. Um, I'm I'm over this whole movement thing. I'm very much about individuals doing the best they can for themselves and their loved ones. Don't worry about movements. Um, wow. Wow. I don't know why I've been throwing the cards. I'm trying to be I'm like a late night that, host. Though. You should have made paper planes out of a few of them, threw them at the camera. But now yeah. they're now the floor is covered in cards, and it's not like <laughs> you get to clean it up. And for us to afford interns to be able to do things like clean up the cards <laughs> off the floor, you have to become a member of our Patreon by going to our Patreon page, which is Patreon.com/slash/TGSAlamosley. But also, don't forget to go support the Liberty Means Money Bomb that I showed earlier in the show. That's Rewind right. and go back and look at it if you need to. That's this Friday, August twenty-third, uh, for those who are, August twenty-third, twenty nineteen, for those who are listening. Um, if it's too late, go do it anyway. They're still there, unless they've been banned again. But they're, they're, but they're on the Patreons. It'll be fine. Um, but you can follow us on social media, which is facebook.com slash TGS Alan Mosley. Twitter is at Alan M. Mosley. Twitter, by the way, is just where we go to say bad words. So the bad words are no longer on the show, but they are, are on, Twitter. on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> and you don't have to do any of that. You can just go to our website, which is thegoldstandardpodcast.com. So for us here at The Gold Standard and Blake... See you next week. We will see you next week.